0: Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Inville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, we plug into Christine's food scientist skills as well as her professional experience and ask her if we should change the use of our supplements when we're coming back from injuries. So today, Christine, I would like to ask how to use supplements when you're on rehab. You're coming back from an injury. Like, what's the best way uh, or the best timing of which supplements to use and how?
1: Okay. So, yeah, the the topic of... um of rehab is obviously going to depend on what you're, you know, you're coming back from. Yeah. So I'm assuming you're just talking about a, a basic injury or you're talking about coming back from some type of surgery or, a just, or just having had of, a flu
0: or something. Let's talk a basic injury.
1: Okay. Yeah. So a basic injury, you know, your supplementation probably wouldn't change too much from what you were doing beforehand in terms of, um, you know, you're, you're still having your protein, you know, you're probably still having your pre-workout because you're back in the gym. Um, you're maybe just not training at a hundred percent. So with something like a pre-workout, maybe you're dosing that down because you don't want to put yourself in a position where you're trying to go harder than what you need to do. Cause obviously the idea of rehab is slowly building back up into, you know, regular training. So we'll assume it's at that point when, um, you're not, you know, still not at a hundred percent. So as far as, um, what you might take different would be something like glutamine. So glutamine is is such a, what do they call it, conditionally essential amino acid because your body needs more of it when it's trying to repair. So when you're coming back from an injury, your body's trying to repair. So as far as supplementation, you may be increasing the amount of glutamine that you're taking. You may not have been taking them beforehand, but that is definitely a supplement that you should be adding in because it's going to assist with that repair and recovery of the cells, which is essentially what's happening when you're coming back from injury. Like, you know, you're, you're basically, you're either, you know, torn muscle tissue or you've torn ligament tissue. So your your body has a, a larger requirement for that. So And, again, depending on um, what it is that you've done, if it's like a, a, a joint issue, um, you know, you've damaged a joint or a tendon or a ligament, then you'll probably also be looking at some type of collagen supplementation mm-hmm. to obviously help to repair and rebuild that. Now, um, so, again, with collagen, we had the podcast on that and we talked about all the different types of collagen.
0: It's bird collagen that you like the best, correct?
1: Yeah, for um, specifically for the cartilage and stuff like that. So that's a that's the type two. It's, it's not – so one and three is more for like your skin and whilst it does do connective tissue and all that, kind of stuff, the type two, which is more for your actual cartilage and, and ligaments. So the bird cartilage is very, very good. Um, so I guess something like a chicken bone broth might be a really, really easy way to get that. So that's that's a type of supplement that you might specifically take, obviously during the injury phase. And then also once you're coming back from that, you would probably continue that supplementation you know, through that phase as well. This is, you know, again, depending on your age, there's also, I guess, kind of looking into the types of um, peptides that are around. Um, There are places that do medically prescribe um, different types of peptides for repair, you know, whether they be localized injections or, or whether you kind of just, Non localized, I guess, but there are some which, um, if injected in the side of the injury, do help to build that back. And that's obviously done. Um, I don't have a lot of experience with that, um, but I, I have seen some studies where there's been like a significant um, regrowth of tendon and, and, and good thickness of tendon repair post operation and, and during a recovery phase where they've done like a localized injection of, of different types of things. So that's something where people maybe want to go and do their own research and find somewhere that's, um, you know, a medical reputable place not just a um you know a a dodgy place it's kind of you know talking about peptides and stuff but there are definitely allowed to be prescribed so they're they're an okay supplement now you were um you were alluding to like in terms of when you're taking these supplements what's the best type of timing yeah um so that's where um with something like the glutamine, again, just spacing that out through the day, I would probably have it in, in three dosages. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be connected with your training, but obviously just connecting it with, you know, a routine so you're regimentally taking it, not kind of like hit and miss, take it now, take it there. So take it with a meal and that will make it sort of like more stick in your head to go off and, and do that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, because like, we're talking about like the fasted training versus not, when it comes to your rehabbing um, and weight training, well, weight training just in general, I kind of don't recommend fasted weight training. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're coming back from, you know, I guess a, an injury which is impacting your weight training, you would always be, you know, ensuring that you're eating, you know, a good that hour period before you train, having your post-workout um, supplementation. So you. So it's not really different to what you're doing when you're not rehabbing. Um, it's not exclusive just to rehabbing. So in terms of weight training, fasted, I never really recommend that. It's it's always. Um, You know, theoretically, if you have enough of the glycogen stores, you've you've got enough stores in your body, you should be okay to train. But I think from a, um, a mental perspective and how hard you can push, I just never found that, you know, pushing on an empty stomach in the morning just never really worked that well. So there could be, you know, people may be different, but I know that most people I talk to, they do find that, um, without having something solid in them to try to go in and do a really decent weight session is really, really difficult. Flip side, with cardio, if you try to do that on a full stomach, it's often a lot harder. You know, you feel like everything wants to come back up, you feel too heavy, you know, you're jumping around, your stomach's all, you know, it's all too full and everything. So as far as I know you were kind of talking about having the nutrients there available to repair and recover, do remember that your body you know, works in that cyclic phase so it's kind of, um, you know, like straight after a workout, it's obviously receptive to taking nutrients up. So if you're trying to get, um, you know, get your glucosamine in or get your, you know, your ingredients in to help repair something, you might want to take them after your training session. When your insulin's high and your body's ready to take everything up, you may get a better effect out of them. But you know, long-term because of how they kind of, you know, your body takes it up, converts it into other things and then does what it needs to do with it. It's not specifically that it has to be sitting there whilst you're doing your workout. It's probably more important that you have um, adequate glycogen stores and that you have, you know, some carbs in your blood ready to go. So you've got them as a, I guess, a buffer and they actually um, spare your glycogen stores. That's probably more important for a better workout and an overall helping your rehab or just your training. So that's me, like the rehabbing versus um, normal training isn't necessarily going to be overly different in terms of like having that nutrition in your body. It's it's more like what you would be taking. Uh, and then as I said, it, it's like, um, you know, cardio is best done fasted and, and, you know, weight training. Most people don't really want to do it on an empty stomach. Uh, and a lot of people will say, oh, you know, a lot of people who train very heavy in bodybuilders, if legs was the hardest session to do, they want to have at least three meals in before they do legs. So mm-hmm. it really... um I guess people who who can relate, um, who train heavy, will will understand what I'm saying. When you you feel more, like your body feels more, like there's more strength to it and you feel more solid when you actually have more food in you. And it's it's whether it's your glycogen stores have had a t- more of a chance to repair and um, not repair, to, to load, or whether it's just mentally you feel stronger from having those meals in you when you've kind of woken up and grooved into the day. But, yeah, there's, there won't be many people who front up first thing in the morning, empty stomach, and, and get under a four-plate squat. Like it just,
0: yeah it's not... I can completely relate to that, but where I guess where the question was coming from is um, I thought I was a 10-year-old again and was doing some sprinting and
1: Not a ping, good, went,
0: ping went the hammy and um, I've been going to the physio and I guess um, one of the things that I wanted to do was build up the running side of things and actually sprint again. So that was just a little goal of mine, but I just, for whatever reason in my mind, I thought, well, is it better to actually probably have some protein or something like that before I get into a cardio session in the morning because, especially while I'm sort of building up that muscle base again. Um, so that that's probably where the question came from. And I know it's different to strength training, but a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably far more than just
1: mm. bodybuilders. It's interesting too because sprinting is a, a different thing again. Because sprinting mm. is to me is more power. It's short endurance.
0: Sprinting's the goal. Let, let's oh, just okay. Talk see, about but running. you're talking let's just, <laughs> just talk running, running in
1: general. Yep. Yeah. If you're, I mean, there's there's also the you know. If you're wanting to do a very intense cardio session, as I said, most people will either have a very, very light meal mm-hmm. or they won't have anything at all because it's just just in terms of, you know, vomiting. You know, basically you don't for want to for vomit. For me
0: it was just an ice of cats. Plus
1: a banana. Yeah, yeah. It, depending on the timing, and you know, if you had that an hour before, yeah. that's you know that's a, a very light meal, mm-hmm. and um, again, some people prefer to do that. You know, it, again, it's your carbohydrates. I guess that people are trying to avoid because that's what's going to fuel that workout. And the theory being that you you know obviously force your body to burn. Body fat, but it's never as simple as that. Like, it depends on the intensity that you're working at, which fuel source that you're going to use, um, the, the time, the frame that you're doing it for, your fitness level, because all of those things will interact, and and your body will dictate what what gets used. Um, you know, the metabolism does stay up longer if you do it, you know, faster. But then other people say, well, what if I have more energy, but I go harder? Uh, do I burn more calories that way? So it does have to work for each individual person and I know a lot of people do say that like if you feel... Same as what I feel about a heavy weight training session, if you feel you need that in you to, to do the the workout that you're going to do, then by all means that you would do it. And, you know, for example, you know, Saturday morning, F45, we do an hour-long class. I do it like normally I do the class 30 a.m. during the week, but on the weekend obviously it's 7.15. So that's significantly later. Mm-hmm. And if I'm eating at the same time of night, then my body's gone more time without food and it's a longer class. And sometimes I will do just like a little, you know, maybe 20, 30, grams of extreme carbs Mm -hmm. and 20, 30 grams of isocuts. Again, just, you know, as a very, very small meal, because I feel like, okay, I'm not going to get through this workout properly. And, um, you know, talking of pulling your hammy, I, I, whether it's mental or not, you kind of feel like you're going to risk an injury. Like you feel like you're kind of a little bit run down and you need to have something to get you through. And if it is mental, and that, that serves a purpose, then, you know, by all means do it. Like you, it physiologically maybe doesn't have as much impact as, as much as like the mental thought that without this I'm not going to be able to do it, which, you know, that can kill us a, a training session as quick as anything else if you don't believe you can do it. Um, but, again, if you have gone all night and your body is basically run out of those foods, and again, it depends if you're in a diet phase, if you're in off-season phase, what you ate the night before, like all those things still do come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your nighttime meal... The last meal before what you're doing the next morning, if you are doing something on an empty stomach, is very, very important. Whereas, you know, if you're going to have something, you know, potentially less important, um, but what you do have at that point in time, if it's like an hour before or half an hour before, particularly carbohydrates, they will be available, and your body will use those up first, and it won't draw on, um, you know, your other stores. But if you're working at a, you know, ninety-five percent, you know, capacity, then you're going to be not going to be using those fat stores at all, you are going to be drawing purely from that carbohydrate. If you're working at a much lower rate, then your body's going to quite comfortably be drawing off its own fat stores. And essentially what you just put in your body isn't as critical. So I think the key thing though, with the recovery and rehab is more like just a couple of different supplements in terms of, uh, as I said, you know, not overdoing your pre-workout because that might cause you to want to go harder than what you need to and undo all that you know, rehab, um, the glutamine, which is so critical for um, you know, for it, the repair, because your body actually has an increased requirement, and it's it's utilizing that to help with the repair. And then, depending on what the nature of the injury, something to support the regrowth of tissue, of connective tissue or tendon. Obviously, if it's a muscle tear, then those things aren't going to be as important. Um, it is going to be more your protein, um, and potentially looking at things like peptides if it's a reliable source and done through a proper medical facility so yeah it's it's more about the supplementation than what it is well, necessarily about the timing but it has to be what's comfortable and what works for you
0: okay well that was very helpful thank you very much christine
1: yeah and just gotta stop like trying to be 16 again ash and it <laughs> <That> was 10 <laughs> 10 10 <laughs> gosh
0: all right cool thank you very much christine let's wrap it up words of wisdom if you like what you've heard, recognize that these tips, are free. So show your support by becoming a loyal international protein customer by jumping online, hunt our product down and hit that buy now button. So once again, like, share and subscribe to our podcast so we can continue to bring you these episodes from our one and only Aussie muscle guru, three times world champion, Christine Enville.